0: This is a pretty special episode. Today we have Gabriel from Half Acre with us. And we're going to drink a couple beers with him at the brewery. Mm-hmm. And uh, welcome. Thanks for joining us.
2: Thank you. It's great to be here. And uh, yeah, looking forward to uh, talking and having a couple beers. Awesome. Mm-hmm.
0: Great. Well, let's, let's, uh, let's start. Let's start with a beer. Go ahead and uh, crack open the first one. Of course, we're going to drink Daisy Cutter first. because
2: Yeah, it seems right. I feel yeah. like um, if you're going to talk about Half Acre, it's it, it winds up being synonymous and certainly in the early days, a lot of people knew Daisy Cutter before they knew Half Acre. It's sort of mm. Half Acre trailed Daisy Cutter. Okay. Um, but it's been a big part of our history and remains uh, a huge part of who we are today. So uh, yeah. This well. is
1: one of the first beers you really um, started with right back when what, 06, 07? ish thank you yeah so this was um first brewed in
2: 2009 okay uh so it wasn't one of our very first beers but it was certainly the first beer that that hit and really caught fire throughout chicago and began sort of dramatically pulling out of our brewery and we were sort of doing our best to catch up with it versus anything that Mm. Uh, we were doing it. It was doing it, it.
1: it. Took on a life of its own and kind of brought Half Acre along with it.
2: Yeah, <laughs> which is special. You know that that oh, that doesn't always happen. Um, and to be a part of it back then was was really cool because the, the sort of the couple of years leading up to that, we were we were contract brewing out of a um, a brewery up Sand in Black River, Sand Creek Brewing Company, Black River Falls, Wisconsin, up by the Dells. Okay. So, um yeah a great uh small Mm -hmm. brewing company that was really perfect in a lot of ways for us because they were small and nimble and they Mm -hmm. were very patient with us and asked one million (laughs) questions you know answered one one million questions (laughs) to help you kind of get going yeah we 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 had you know none of the right experience going into (laughs) this and uh so they, they were good to us but Um, It wasn't until we had our brewery on Lincoln that we started making Daisy Cutter. And uh, one of the first beers that we we made ourselves there. And that sort of, it just cracked into the identity of who we were. And
1: and that liquid started to to fly. Yeah. Very cool. And yeah, I mean, back then, the volume of craft breweries in Chicago was nowhere near where it is now. I mean, the life, it's taken off exponentially in the last you know, I don't know, five, ten years. It's crazy. Absolutely, yeah.
2: It was not even the same world back then. Yeah. Uh, it was really, you know, you had you had Floyd's mm-hmm. in mm-hmm. Indiana. Yep. You had two brothers in Warrenville. Right. Mm-hmm. And, of course, you had Goose in the city. Wolf, um, yeah. and, and they were, um, you know, a linchpin in, in exposing people to what craft beer was. But a lot of their evolution had occurred prior uh, like they're 88 i think right so so a lot of their coming of age had already taken place i think they were doing about sixty thousand barrels then even back then yeah Uh, so while they were still very much a craft brewery you know they they still look and felt you know of scale sure sure so we were this scrappy little thing (laughs) uh on on lincoln avenue (laughs) where people could just like roll into our brewery and and see us in there making beer buy beer directly from us and really get your arms around it in a different way oh sure um so people took a big ownership over over that and and that really in a lot of ways is is sort of what gave birth to craft beer is that is that ownership and that ability to see all of it
1: People like, I mean, like us, consumers like being able to also like, I love going into a brewery, even the smaller ones out by us and see like what's going on. And you get a very different feel than when you just go to a tap room that's literally just looks like a restaurant, which is great. And they've got, you know, great beers, but it's just a different like homey, like small, comfortable feel in yeah. some of the smaller ones. I feel so. like you
0: kind of have more of a relationship with the brewery than the connection, like you said, and you feel closer to it yeah yeah it's that intimacy i think
2: that's and and that's about beer but there's also a lot of other um industries and uh things that that took shape that way The the local of war movement and you know that at that time going back to 2007 2008 Mm -hmm. people were you know opening their minds and 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 their you know their palates to just that like oh like i I know exactly what this is because mm. I can go inside of this place and see 100% of it. And and that, I think, was em- empowering for people. And, and that, that level of intimacy um, is rich and, and still is today, of course.
1: Yeah, for sure. And I think that also people really enjoy contributing in uh patronizing local establishments comparatively to things that are high distribution that you can get anywhere versus something that really is unique to the location that you're at so yep. i still like that even when i'm traveling yeah. i try and find things that are small mom-and-pop shops that i can check out and see regardless of where i am in the country so i think people that live here too have a sense of community with some of the smaller places so i sure hope think that probably helped kind of move you along too at the time it did
2: yeah and then the physical dynamics of of what we were then because we were right on lincoln avenue two miles south of here Mm -hmm. um in the middle of a nice neighborhood Mm -hmm. and uh on a like you know big foot traffic street and you know we were sort of out in we weren't tucked away in a you know a smaller industrial corridor right. or anything like that we were right there for everybody to see walking by garage door open uh we used to have like a line on the on the ground that we painted and mm-hmm. it was like just don't cross this line but you can come in here <laughs> you can hang out, uh, and 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 watch us you know do what
1: we do here and that's that that was a big part of it very cool.
0: That's
1: awesome. All right. Well, we are drinking Daisy Cutter. Yeah. Which... I've
0: been drinking it for a while well, yeah, while you guys are
1: talking. <laughs> but for those of you who haven't tried it...
2: Yeah. I'll kind of run down the beer, yeah. at least the way I see it. Sure. Um, and I give it that caveat because I think beer is really... We are all have individual connections mm-hmm. to beers, and, and they're all right. And, uh, you know, Daisy Cutter is... I think what, what makes it notable is that you know it's a west coast pale ale Mm
3: -hmm.
2: um so you get in our case bone dry and you know i think daisy cutter was an early pale ale early hoppy beer to to really dry it way out Mm -hmm. um and give it that super crisp quality a lot of hoppy beer ipa pale ale leading up to that point had uh, a lot more sweetness to it yeah. and mm-hmm. so this yeah. Daisy Cutter definitely bone dry a lot of cool Pacific Northwestern hops that give it that just like hallmark that is really hard to attain any other way and I think it, it, it dates it to a certain or it puts, it puts a time stamp on it mm. that there's plenty of beers that still continue with that hopping profile mm-hmm. but um, I think Daisy cutter, um, was certainly an, an an early adapter and something that I think it helps to carry it along today.
0: Mm -hmm. I feel, sorry, (laughs) I feel like West coast IPAs have done this thing where like (laughs) I did a hand motion where I did waves, but, uh, where that's what's happened with them. But, but I also feel like that means that they always exist in the universe. There's always West Coast IPAs. Lauren, this is Lauren's favorite beer style, by the way. West well, well, Co- well, it's of, up there. Sorry. definitely <laughs> up there, but
1: yes, I do, I do enjoy it. to have a
0: favorite, but yes. like she loves West Coast IPAs, <laughs> and every time we have one, you know, you always have those benchmarks that you kind of hold the rest up to. You drink a certain style of beer, and it makes you reflect back on the other beers of that style that you've had. Mm-hmm. Yep. And Daisy Cutter is one of those benchmarks where when you drink a West Coast IPA, you're gonna think about, well, last time I had Daisy Cutter, you know, this is what it tastes like, this is what this beer tastes like. And obviously, taste is subjective, like you said, and there's always variation. Not every West Coast IPA is like in the same mold, made exactly the same mm-hmm. way with the same profile, but it is definitely one of those beers.
2: Yeah, I I think uh, regarding your your hand motion, or the, <laughs> I would do maybe a circle. Where okay, yeah. I, I think like what makes a, a big part of of craft beer is that rabid exploration, right? Or mm-hmm. that commitment to trying new things and to evolving. Yeah,
1: that creativity that you're trying to instill in the you know brewing process too. But also,
2: there's the drinkers, right? Like you're in it to. To have new experiences, mm-hmm. and for a long time, uh, you know, beer was a little mechanical in terms of purchasing habits. Like, oh, I'm sure. I drink this beer, yep. right? And when I go to the store, I buy that buy beer. That. Yep. So I think craft uh, spurred this idea that I'm gonna, I'm gonna drink a lot of different things, mm-hmm. and I'm gonna try new things, and I'm, I'm gonna be always out ahead of myself. But inside of that, ra- that rabid exploration. Uh, there's a lot of quick comfort, loops yeah. and it's like the thing that uh, was old becomes new again and I think we've seen that in our life in our life cycle oh, half acres sure. lifestyle of, of hoppy beer where it was like sweet IPA um, with you know dark in color a lot of caramel malts and things mm-hmm. onto maybe Something more like Daisy Cutter, where there's still malt profile, but Mm -hmm. we dried it out. We raised the aromatic quality versus bittering uh, onto, you know, the entrance of New England style.
1: My second Uh, favorite.
2: Yeah, Yeah, another favorite of Lawrence. Uh, I also
0: love New England style IPAs. Mm.
2: But now people are like, you know, gravitating back towards uh, West Coast style IPA in contrast to, um, to those sweeter, more milky styles, yeah
1: and we had like a ton of like hazy milkshake IPAs for a while where like all the rage which is never my favorite but it felt like it was doing that and having all these adjuncts and now it's almost going back to like a cleaner like just more classic styles of beer that don't have all of those extra Flavors to it. Like to me, I don't love drinking juice like beer. I like yeah. beer to taste like beer, and everybody <laughs> has their own niche, and different yep. people like different things. But I feel like we did go through kind of a cycle of sweet, kind of different things, and now we're getting kind of more of the clean, crisp, like those kind of flavor profiles, which. I like but and I like all kinds of beer now before I had children I didn't drink beer at all oh. not a sink nothing so the
2: kids did it to you. the kids
1: yeah. did it I didn't drink beer I didn't drink coffee and I didn't eat chocolate before oh, I had man. the children and they're all kind of that bitter flavor profiles it, to some extent. So and after I had kids was when I started taste doing all of those things. First of all, the coffee is n- necessary. So that's right. just a so the survival thing. It's coffee in the morning, beer at night is mostly for survival. But, um, but yeah, my, my taste profile is completely changed with what I enjoy now. So I do like these kind of hoppier things much more than I ever did before. So um, this is this is a great example of that kind of beer, and like Kara said, you know, it is a, a benchmark that has been around for a long time that we use, you know, to compare against, which is kind of kind of great, but also just proves that you guys have stood, you know, the Good test of time, time for a while. We are here. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
2: Uh, feel free to.
1: You guys have been Definitely. through through a lot too. I mean, you know, 2008 was like right after you guys opened, and right everything was you know
2: there there was a big uh hop shortage in 07 as well um so yeah we've you know we're whatever i'm i'm like 17 years in and um feel extremely fortunate to have had all of it and Mm -hmm. it i think in 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 business and probably in life and in parenting like you get put through the ringer a, there's no way out of the ringer. Um, <laughs> yeah, you just got to ride it out. <laughs> yeah. And thriving is is about embracing that ringer. And, and we've been through all of it. The pandemic obviously was uh, a new twist. Yeah. Of course. To, yeah. <laughs> uh, for us all. For and, lots
1: of people. Yes.
2: And, but yeah, we're, um, you know, we're here and vibrant and, and, and very much still like, you know, on our toes with all this. And I think what we found is that you're always, of learning how to be the thing that you're going to be next mm. and that idea that like oh you, you know how to do this now is sort of a myth because be- it's always changing because it's always <laughs> changing and and the responsibilities out ahead are different than the ones that you had before so uh, we've embraced that the educational part of it and just being forever learners and uh, yeah, doing your best not to get run over in the process That's totally true.
1: fair, great metaphor for parenting as well though I mean, you Probably. never, everything <laughs> is changing constantly As things, as the and kids get older And punches. you just gotta do your best to try and Yeah, get a as head, ahead of them And it as possible <laughs>
0: yep. Yeah, yeah, so, definitely Yeah <clears throat> So, 17 years, right? So, uh, what How's has your role changed since the beginning till now? Are you still here every day? And
2: yeah, I'm here pretty much every day. Uh, there's been some flex to that uh, over the last couple of years, but uh, largely I'm in it. I'm still in it, uh, sure. and most of the time that means being uh, in the building. Uh, but really, what you know, how I think about the business has has changed a lot, um, and where my focus is you know, for, for a lot of years I was, you know, inside the brewery and I was do, doing sales functions and, you know, your, your, your feet are on the planet on the ground and you're doing whatever you need because you're locked inside the moment yeah. and you need a little to be. bit of
1: everything that whatever needs to be done, you do
2: whatever needs doing, <laughs> that's what you do. And, and yep. I think earlier in, in business for, uh, and this isn't unique to beer, but just business generally, the difference between getting it done and not getting it done and sort of rising up against your lack of resources, really you and your ability to stomach it and to work long hours Mm -hmm. and fill the gaps where you just can't fill them any other way, but, but with yourself. And so a lot of, there were a lot of years of that. And, and then slowly, uh, what happened was, we got to a place where we could put people in positions that were better than than us better than me uh, uh-huh. that's the goal though their, right at that their individual the tasks yeah yeah that is the goal and, I, and i'm happy to say that um a lot of a lot of that occurred and you know we just saw that was yeah. matt, matt Young uh, yep. leaving here moments ago and he's been with us for over a decade now director of brewing operations yep. he came on board to clean kegs and um nice. and and now he is and
1: evolved into much more <laughs> right he's
2: married he has two kids That's awesome. uh and he runs our, our brewing operation and he is better at it than than i ever would have been and and, and matt gallagher my brewing partner mm-hmm. or my business partner Best but he, he 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 led our brewing operations more notably than i ever did and um and and matt young the mats as we call ah, them the uh <laughs> matt young has has brought a you know a, a, a different uh, uh flair to, to to that position and so yeah it's been uh, great to to see it all uh come together and, and today what i'm thinking about most notably is like where where are we going what Not sure what's the future hold yeah for why this, why man. are we doing this um what's out what's out ahead and what's exciting about beer right now and um, and those are big questions, yeah. Uh, that sometimes have very specific functions, uh, day in day out, and other times are
1: a bit more ethereal.
2: Mm-hmm. Um, but I like that. So
3: yeah,
1: that's good. Yeah, it's like a business is like like raising a kid, though, too. In a lot of aspects, you know, you're trying to get things running and working, and you know how that they can operate on their own independently with people in the right places and doing the right things, and um, you know, so you can focus on bigger picture type things versus the day-to-day you know having to jump in because things aren't going well and i'm sure you still do that but you know you can step back when you have the right people trained and doing and doing things better than you would have you can focus your efforts and energy on other things
2: yeah with some bits of just like sheer enjoyment and all of it right and mm-hmm. I yeah. think parenting is just that same I yeah think as as they kids become more autonomous uh you can simply either in, enjoy uh you know your independence or just enjoy uh watching them mm-hmm. thrive and, yes. and and i think business is is like that too or um i i am often able to sit back and and say wow uh look at where this yeah, is it, it's yeah. running uh, yeah. and and it and it's going well and yeah and just feel lucky inside of that as opposed to just like in the trenches of it right um, I feel so. like
1: parenting is very much like that when you're in the trenches of being like okay this day is horrible like what but then you step back and you see your kids succeed at something and do well on their own it's like that great feeling of pride which is also with you know something you're creating as a company too you get that sense of pride that it's doing well and this thing you've Created and kind of molded and helped along. So I feel like there's definitely parallels and some Absolutely. Factor, there.
0: Absolutely. I mean, I think it boils down to trustworthiness, kind of in both categories with mm-hmm. your kids and with your business. Like you said, finding people to fit in some of these roles that takes a load off of you. My brother and I run a business as well, and I find the same thing. There are moments. Where I'll step in and I'm like, I, this has to get done, so I guess I have to do it. I guess I'll <laughs> stay late tonight and get this thing done, and call my family and tell them I won't be home for dinner. And, and those moments happen, but the you know the end game, the long run is that you know with your kids and with with business operation that you're working toward, not necessarily cutting yourself out, but you know overseeing and trusting people, trusting your kids to pick up you know where you've guided them to become independent people my son just started middle school which was a huge stressor for me and my husband because he's great and he's very smart but he's very disorganized (laughs) and the idea of him going from class to class and like knowing to keep track of Schoolwork and all of this we were just like that's not going to this happen. is not gonna work out <laughs> like I'm gonna have to walk around the building with him how is he gonna do this and it's been a few weeks now and he's done pretty well there have been moments you know where I have there to remind are, yeah. him to do homework or but overall you know he's doing pretty well and has adjusted really well and I think it for me as a parent was just like a very big comfort to see him kind of rise to the occasion and come very close to matching my hope for him, and meeting my expectations for sure. I mean, he's done that's great very well. I don't want to <laughs> sound too surprised. I'm sorry if I do. I, do. <laughs> I feel like I sound really surprised. Someday he'll listen and be like, "Dude, have faith in me."
2: <laughs> that's terrific. Yeah, we we have uh, a ten-year-old, almost 11, eight, and then two and a half. And in, in in sort of when we just had. Uh, you know the the older two, we were starting to get some of that autonomy. Oh, for like, sure, oh, yeah. We can you know go out and and have a meal, and not like worry about something going cr- you know crazy totally or yes. you know there, there was this sense of empowerment having the kids have it, the two girls that we have mm-hmm. getting older, and then we had a uh, you know an infant again, mm-hmm. which is a it, whole another ball game. On, yeah. the, like, on the on the business would be like half the staff walked out. Yeah, right. Like, oh no, but starting <laughs> over. Yes, right back to ground zero, yeah, yeah. and everything was breaking. And yeah, but uh, well, we 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 you know batten down the hatches and and got our legs under us again, and um, yeah, are learning to appreciate both ends of the spectrum. Uh, yeah, sure. Which is its its own thing for sure
1: yeah that's totally um, I have a 10 year old and 8 year old twins so we are in a good place that we can go do things generally and they are (laughs) relatively independent to some extent my oldest has special needs so he's needs to be observed all the time but he's a good kid so um but yeah I cannot imagine changing diapers again turning over. <laughs> yes. Yeah. It was but. a lot. I'm not going to yeah, lie. Yeah. Uh, That's a lot. <laughs> a
2: wonderful. Oh, for sure. Lot. Agreed. Uh, yes. But, yeah.
1: But a change. <laughs>
2: it was a change. Yeah, you get used to things. Mm-hmm. Um, and obviously the same could be said about half acre you get uh, used to a certain way of things and um, which is good. You earn those things, right? Mm-hmm. Over time. You, yeah. you you work hard for those things. Um, and learn to count on them or begin to count on them <laughs> so once they uh once everything changes in the middle of the night you're like wow who, yeah the the game has changed
1: totally totally changed yeah. <laughs> then yep. you have to adapt again but lots of good cool new things come out of that growth too So um, you were talking about a bit ago, like, you know, creativity and different things, whether it's in palettes for consumers, but in brewing, like, what is some of the most interesting beers, whether it be here or I don't know if you homebrew or whatever, that you've seen combinations of, like flavors. We had some seltzer um, that is a very interesting combination. But what about beers? Like, I feel like there's a lot of weird things that have come out in the last few years anything stick out to you well
2: um, yeah going back to that loop again I think uh, we've been on our own loop and the industry is on uh, some broader loop Mm -hmm. Um, at times you know going back to 2019 you know we were doing a lot of fairly ambitious you know, incorporating things like lactose and, and hoppy mm-hmm, beers mm-hmm. and maybe, um, you know, dropping the pH in beers and having more of like a sour IPA mm-hmm. and uh, bringing in, you know, coconut and, and different adjuncts into the, you know, clean beer process. And I think a lot of that adventurous spirit is, is so wonderful. Like it, it's part of the DNA of craft beer and mm-hmm. it will always be there. And we didn't go as far as some like Lucky sure. Charms or Chicken Wings or, you know, like we, we, we heard it all, right? Yeah, we, right? We, we've all heard. We
1: had an episode actually of the podcast that we actually like, went through all of like the craziest internationally like beers that they've we put didn't up. Taste many we didn't taste many because some of them were like in like Iceland and it was, I don't know, weird, weird things. Yeah, way out there. <laughs> yeah. And I'm glad way that happens. There. Yeah.
2: I, I really am like that needs to happen as part of all this but i think as a you know a little in our own uh, maturity in this process maybe that's the wrong word but in our own educational Mm -hmm. journey uh, Mm -hmm. throughout all this Mm -hmm. i think we continue to get maybe a more traditional or uh, tighten our range in terms of what we appreciate appreciate about uh, recipes and just connect with with beer and um and then how it radiates out you know i think we look to a lot of the more traditional and european ideas about drinking beer so that that's not just about making beer but it's like where do these beers mm-hmm. show up and what what's their life cycle like mm. outside of the brewery and we're we're gonna try an octoberfest or a martin that we make for octoberfest and octoberfest or even, like, Bavarian drinking culture generally is is a huge inspiration. And, you know, those sort of multi-generational drinking settings where you can have, you know, everybody. Everybody is there mm-hmm. connecting under this umbrella of beer. And I think that's... In order to do that, you probably can't have fried chicken in your Be beer. Be
1: too crazy. yeah. yeah otherwise, right. you're not going to get the breath of... You know, generations to enjoy right. that together right. because you're probably not gonna have. My dad's not gonna drink a chicken wing beer. Yeah, here. grandma like, doesn't not want beer. Yes. Nope. Which yeah, my dad's
0: I, not gonna try that beer either. But he will definitely drink a Maretson. Yeah. For sure. That yeah. would yeah. be His go-to in a in a tap room or somewhere you know restaurant that's got a big tap list. He would definitely get the Oktoberfest genres almost always. Mm. You know, and my brother, who's a little bit older than me, same deal. Always, and everybody, like everybody I know that appreciates beer, appreciates these German style beers that have been
1: around. They're traditional, you know. They've been around forever. Obviously, they're doing something right. Yeah, Yeah. (laughs) so. Pilsner. Yes.
2: um, You know, real clean IPA. We, you know, we see a lot of that Mm -hmm. coming through our brewery these days. You know, we're Mm -hmm. driving it, but and it's also about scale as well. I think. Um, you know, we're on the we're like the the bigger small brewery. You know, yes. like we're on the bigger end of small. You're one of
1: the largest uh, independent craft breweries in, in the, the U S. Now. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that I too. I mean, yeah. realistically. I mean, actually, yeah. Technically, yeah. we are. Right? Yeah.
2: Top one percent. Yeah, you in, are in for sure. US. Yeah. So um, you know, you get to a certain point where you know the volume of people that are interested in what you're doing actually, mm. well, it means a lot. And yeah. Yeah, it's so true. <laughs> we we have to be thoughtful about that but I think it it follows in parallel with what we appreciate um, about beer most anyway so I think it all it syncs up pretty well for us that's good
1: yeah and it is a lot different when you are even smaller Um, if you're doing very small batches you can be a lot more experimental because if you don't sell that all it's not as big of a deal as if you're making larger volumes too and if you know consumers don't like that it's not really going to be a good decision so i'm sure you've got to balance the creativity with the growth and with the you know business model like there's a lot of different factors to consider in this kind of business
2: there are and i think what you'll find in craft is well you sort of like breaking it down you have you know, a lot of direct-to-consumer breweries today.
3: Mm-hmm,
1: that mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. People
2: have built their business on selling cans over the bar or selling cans in a, in a retail setting. Yes. Yeah. Um, but in the end, they wind up being more hospitality-leaning breweries. You know, that, 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 that's yeah. what that model sort of relies on. And then you have breweries like us where we grew up with distribution. It yep, wasn't even, right. you know, like our store in Lincoln Avenue was really the first of its kind in the state. Mm. Uh, that was like, oh, this is a retail setting. You can come, mm-hmm. buy beer directly from us. Right. Okay. Even the laws around doing that were very gray at the time. So, we helped refine that system and, mm-hmm. and make that uh, a th- something that people understood to be real here in Illinois. Yeah, that's great. But for a brewery like ours, we have a lot. You know, we have different lanes of what we need to make. So we or what we want to make. We have our tap room. So we have we, need, we have to have a dynamic draft list there yeah for sure we have monthly beers then we have seasonal beers and then we have our year-round beers beers that
1: you're going to distribute all the time yeah people are going to look for and all
2: those can be need to be brewed at different volumes and can the smaller the volume the more i'll say on the edge uh we can find ourselves Mm -hmm. uh while still trying to remain true to what our philosophies are and um so yeah no no shortage of opportunity to make different beer but I think our our range has narrowed over time.
0: I think that the delicate balance that smaller breweries have to deal with is that, like Daisy Cutter, for example, a smaller brewery maybe needs to make a beer like Daisy Cutter to appeal to a larger audience, but also wants to be experimental. And I think that when you're limited with the amount of beer you can brew, you kind of have to figure out. Lauren and I talk a lot about how some smaller breweries, they never make the same beer twice and i i kind of find that a little puzzling because maybe you can shed light on that if you have thoughts but like i find it puzzling that like especially beers that will be well received a brewery will come out with a beer and and you kind of see people seem to really like it or it flies off the shelves and you just don't ever see it again and i don't i don't know what's your thoughts on that
2: well um n- not knowing who you're speaking about specifically more generally i would say probably they're- relying on a direct-to-consumer relationship mm-hmm. and new is new is new
1: mm. is new sure. the and excitement over something new is what right. draws a lot of
2: people in probably yeah i always say the you know the, the for a lot of people in craft uh, the best beer is the one you've never had so um you know people <laughs> are right about that people are tracking down the thing that yeah, it's like oh this next thing is going to be it i'm going so i think there's there's that um and you know consistency is hard for yeah. like to to keep it up daisy cutter is this golden angel <laughs> of a beer that we have made more of it every year uh since the first year we have brewed it mm-hmm. but that's really uncommon mm-hmm. and even for the rest of our other beers we we'd assume that we've got a life cycle on beer that it doesn't mean that they've failed if we you know if it's a year year-round beer or even like season whatever if in three years we don't make it anymore it's mm-hmm. not like what a disappointment mm-hmm. it's that it's sort of it it, it ran its cycle mm-hmm. and um based on where it lives inside of our world of beers it, it's time to time to replace it and i okay. think that's just that's just part of it we don't necessarily like that but I think I think it's that's a reality that that craft has to contend with and being sort of empowered by it is better than uh ignoring that reality I would say
0: okay
1: cool yeah I could see that a lot of people even me myself like if I see something new that I've never had I often am intrigued by by that as well well Um, and
0: if you find that you you know fall in love with a brewery and they do start coming out with you know, more and more, or it's local to you, so it's easily accessible, yes. you know, it's easy to stop in on your way home from work or whatever and try the new one. I can see the appeal in that. And maybe that's how you get regulars a little bit is by coming out with new, like you said, rather than necessarily making the same thing over a longer period of time, you kind of
1: get more regulars. Probably right? a mix of both, maybe. I would say. Right. Yeah. So. I mean, I
2: think purchasing, you have, you have people that, it's like they have, the beer the one that um sort of they've come to rely on for for some reason sure there's a consistency element for them and Mm -hmm. probably trust that that beer would be consistent as well Mm -hmm. and then you have the sort of the the other purchase which is i'm trying something something, yeah yeah. this is going to be this is my adventure purchase and Mm uh we we like to show up in both of those ways yeah um but there's definitely two distinct mindsets uh, that are out there and that are right you know sure oh,
0: yeah i was gonna say i think i'm both of those things yeah Is as sure? you should be I think yeah. a lot yeah. of yeah. things that are always in my fridge and there are things that rotate through you know if a brewery i like comes out with a beer that sounds appealing if i've never had it before there's a good chance i'm gonna buy it because i like that brewery and this sounds good and i want to try something new and yeah that all makes sense to me sure. so what's like and it can be a half acre beer. That's totally fine. But what is the beer that's like always in your fridge?
2: Well, I mean, I have, just being honest, it's definitely half acre beers. <laughs> uh, that's okay. That's good. Uh, I would say say. the one thing about being in this industry is that you get used to wildly fresh beer. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That has been treated perfectly. And you cannot overestimate the value of that of beer that that freshness we uh, and we're, we're look I'm looking at our brew house right now it passed through our brew house it went into our cellar eventually went from 55 or 65 degrees down to a conditioning temperature of 31 oh wow okay yeah 32 33 somewhere sure. in there sure it then went through our canning line and directly from our canning line it went into this cooler right here this very large cooler oh.
3: uh-huh
2: I'll either take it from that cooler or it goes from that cooler to that cooler <laughs> and I'll take it from that cooler. And probably it hasn't been in a can for more than yeah. you know, not a long time. Right. So that's beer at its at its peak. Absolutely. And uh, beer is, is fragile stuff and depending on so going to the store
1: right going through the distributor and then getting to the shelf and who knows all how long of it's it. been there is all time that It's, it's all time there.
2: and yeah. temperature and if it's not cold stored yeah. there's all these things mm-hmm. yeah and um, you know the, the the curse of it is that we you know we train ourselves on off flavors in beer and, and what happens with time oxidation and all these other things that, you know, you, you, you can just open a beer and, and you tell, you're like, oh, yeah. there yeah. it is. So, um, I you know, I'll always look. And this is almost Tritoner in industry, but I'll, I'll look to if I'm going to the store. I'll look for Sierra. Uh uh-huh. okay. um, okay. That's, you know, uh, their beer. They've got a, a, a wild talent for keeping <laughs> hoppy beer tasting good over long mm-hmm. periods of time. Mm hmm. Mm-hmm unsurpassed in my yeah. opinion uh so if i'm my beer my my fri- refrigerator always has a lot of half acre beer in it but if sure. i'm gonna go to the store I'll, I'll pick up sierra first okay
1: that's a good pick do you have a favorite beer style
2: it's hoppy beer yeah, yeah. i mean and there's a lot underneath that heading sure um, oh for
3: sure yeah. yeah
2: but i love you know clean lager beer right okay. there next to it um mm-hmm. it, it's gonna be one or the other Okay. I would say more often than not, anything outside of that, I drink to, to try it, to so, try, yeah, yeah, like to experience it. Yeah, mm-hmm. even our own beers, you know, yeah. it'll be a more of a, a a one in five or a one in ten type okay. thing. Like, got managed to drink all of our beers uh, to to make you sure, know, sure to check sure. them out. But, but
1: like for your actual enjoyment, yeah, is,
2: going yeah. home tonight, mm-hmm. uh, my wife and I, you know, it, it'll be a hobby beer. Good. And she's just the same, so it... Oh, it, well, that's it, good. That's
1: actually really nice. My husband doesn't drink beer at all. Oh, wow. He well, only drinks really whiskey. Sad. That's yeah. it. Yeah,
2: well, So. <laughs> you know, whatever, uh, however it, it shakes out, that's,
1: yeah. uh, that's fine, too. So I have to drink beer by myself, which is... Or with me. Or with Kara, yeah. but not, <laughs> not so much. And my husband has tried many beers. It's not that he doesn't try them. But he never likes them. So yeah,
0: maybe he just hasn't
1: I don't know. I, I don't know if I don't know if there's to, a beer out there that yeah, he
0: ate. it's been long enough, it's hard for me to say. Yeah. Because I always joke with him that you have to drink like something terrible, like a really low quality beer for a really long time. And then then you switch over to something really good <laughs> and you appreciate it because you can tell the difference. And that just yeah. doesn't work with him. Mm-hmm. It's worked with a lot of people that I've recruited to beer. That my method. Uh, you so <laughs> and you've,
1: a, you've known my husband since, oh, since high school. Okay. I've known Lauren Six, since so we were like five years old. We were five when we met. When we so met. we oh, lived oh, around yeah. the corner from each other. Yes. So we've known each other since
0: <laughs> yes. forever. I don't remember a time where I didn't know Lauren. Agreed, yes. But we've
1: been trying to get my husband to drink beer I for think, a long time. <laughs> yeah. it doesn't, I hate to doesn't say order. the
0: ship has sailed but we're maybe <sighs> getting there. Once, you, once you're my over 40, I
1: think you're just you're just stuck in your ways. My
0: husband is a beer drinker. Although he's not a huge hoppy beer fan. So we do, you know, we kind of deviate on that. Because I'll drink anything. I like everything. Right. There's very few beers that I don't at least appreciate. I can appreciate anything. There are styles that, you know, you mentioned like adjuncts. and when kind of I don't people like were going cream I just Lauren doesn't do like cream I don't air. know why. Yeah. I've
1: tried so many. I don't like it's, any of them.
0: It's okay. I don't like coconut. And or, there was you know, a like bison, Or yeah. so oh. bison. I know, a German beer. I yeah,
2: know, we I'm have sorry. a halfa right now. <laughs> and we are in uh, what we call benthic season. Oh. Um, and so we, we toast all that coconut here, which oh. is literally tons. Oh, my God. That's got to be a lot of coconut. It's a lot. So we do that in our kitchen. <laughs> so there's a good period of time where it just... Everything smells just like coconut, coconut around here, which I love. I love, love coconut. coconut. I love coconut.
0: I think coconut and beer has gone through this evolution. And when it sort of first started to surface as really, really popular, it was just so overwhelming in the flavor mm. that I felt like I was drinking sunscreen. Right. Now, and Benthic is one of those, I feel like, okay, it's mellowed out a little bit. And not that it was overwhelming before. I don't recall it specifically. <laughs> so, but, um. Now I feel like maybe everybody figured out how to use coconut a little bit. Better. And because now I enjoy beers that have coconut in them. Whereas before there, were, there was a time where I would take a taste and I would just be like, I can't, I can't drink this. It's too strong a flavor. And I think I feel that way about any overwhelming flavor but coconut was just one I just had all. Peanut butter is
1: another one to me that when pe- a, a oh, lot of breweries butter? put peanut butter, they put too much peanut butter. And it's just, that's <laughs> all you taste. And I think that there's an evolution of that, too. Like, for a while, I feel like there were some breweries that just, like, I don't know if they were purposely just being incredibly bold with the flavors, but it just was over the top. Like, that's all that you tasted. And now I feel like it's now, again, kind of on a, on a slope that it's subtlety in those flavors which is the way to go because if you want to drink beer you want to taste the beer and then taste the flavor a little bit but not have it be this overwhelming flavor. Um, So I think that was your problem with coconut.
0: I think so but I also believe that I was in even then in the minority that when (laughs) coconut forward beers were coming out Nobody felt the way I felt. Gabriel thought. was all they, about it. Yeah, I they love were coconut. just like, coconut. "Give me more." <laughs> yeah. They were. Nobody ever said this is too much coconut, <laughs> except for me. I don't. So I think I just am not the person That's okay. that is fine. That's you know, all know, right. That the target for coconut. It is fine. <laughs> all right,
1: we are going to drink. This. Let's
0: drink this uh, Meritzen. right? Yes.
1: Yeah, yeah, Lager, Lager Town. Lager Town, it's called. All right.
2: Yeah, for me, this is like. You know, this is one of my top half acre beers. And we only make it uh one, one point in the year, okay. um, you know, which should be really August and September, uh, but the way that the retail beer market works these days, there's pressure out there mm. to get things out earlier and okay. anyway... Um, to me this is like just like drinking a season you know that to mm. me this like embodies fall in such a potent way and yeah. Yeah. it just burrows into my cerebral cortex in a way that few other beers do mm-hmm. um and it's just that nutty you know it is slightly toasty and rich malt forward quality mm. that i just can't get enough of it it's warm in here today it's warm generally I wish it was cooler for this beer. Um, <laughs> well, but I,
1: fall. You feel like the right. Cool. This is the, like this is the like the when right I'm here. sitting by a bonfire. What beers do I want to drink? That's where I'm. That's what I'm working into. That's the season right. that I'm looking yeah. into. Yeah. So well, this is um, the beer for is, me in that. This is a good, very like easy drinking beer too.
2: Yeah, for being chewy, mm-hmm. like for being a. a
1: it's got a, body a, to a, it, yeah, but a, like a, it's a rich. It's very. Um, like I'm not, yes, it's very good. It is a little toasty. The malt, I love the flavor of it. I love the color. Yeah.
0: It balances out like the IPA flavor and then you switch over to a Meritzen like this and it just like, they're just plenty different enough that you can appreciate the flavor of both. Well, and it's very like mellow, like
1: just, yeah, I like it.
0: Yeah. I I used to Mertens used to be the beer that I would order out at restaurants, like you know all those restaurants that were. Breweries that were also a restaurant like chains that used to exist in the Chicagoland area that are like all gone. Ram now.
1: that's gone. And um, oh, or at least yeah. they
0: are in the western suburbs. I don't know if they're gone everywhere. Yeah, there's, yeah what,
1: the, you said the Ram what, Yeah, what that was, was one of them. Um, um, that was the main one I remember. Rock Bottom. They're oh, yeah. still around, still, but they're, still they're not. downtown. Yeah, yeah. they don't okay. have as many in the suburbs. Well, we're, and there
0: used to be a place called Gordon Beer. Gordon Beersh.
1: Beersh. Oh, yeah. Yep. I liked Gordon Beer, actually.
0: They're Meriton, just like knocked my socks off. I just huh. liked it so much. And when they went away, I was like, where am I going to get Merit's now? <laughs> well,
2: <laughs> well those, those programs actually put out, you know, both good brewers and good beers. Uh, mm-hmm. There was, you know, Rock Bottom in particular, you know, very, a ton of medals at GABF. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And, and they had a, a good way of bringing brewers into the fold and, and training people up and um, such a classic... You know, uh, archetype of mm. American craft beer places like that, and yeah. I, know a, I know a lot of them. It's been it's been whittled away, yeah. um, but I think there there was something to be said for for those spaces, and they gave birth to really the next round of beer. So, many, so many of the people breweries left there, and
1: right. went I to say, do. I mean the to list. create other breweries. Yeah. I mean, I
0: mean, the list of former brewers from places like Ram, for example, is just like... I mean, these people own breweries now.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Yes, they should. Yeah. yeah. And uh, so, yeah, that was a a, a good seed system uh, for, for how things have evolved today. Yeah. So they deserve some credit
1: there. Yeah, Absolutely. for sure. So you still are involved, you know, in the day-to-day things and in the vision and whatnot. How do you handle, like work-life balance spending time at home with your kids and family and here and what kind of things Steven do you enjoy doing with the family and how do you really manage being able to do that well um, it's all a work in progress I'll say Um, it
2: used used to and an evolution you know for for a long time work definitely dominated my time Mm -hmm. Um, for a longer time it dominated my mind Mm. Uh, so even i could could be home but uh, i was still working inside my head yeah um, and i would say today i've i'm better you know i i i've, I've i have more tools okay. uh, to, to put up the necessary um, walls in myself that when i get home i'm home and um, and i value that in such a such a big way and i and i've worked toward that mm-hmm. both in how this place operates and and how i operate inside of it uh but also more of an emotional uh just like brain okay uh, yeah approach mm-hmm. uh, so when i get home that when i'm talking to my kids it's like i i'm in it with you right now and there's <laughs> right. something else churning
1: yeah um
2: so yeah and my you know my i have to, I have to give so much credit uh, to my wife because uh, she's home with our, with our kids and it would be really hard for, for them I think to you know it's, it would have been very hard in the early years but even cont- continuing today uh, for us to accomplish all of what we accomplish with, without her focusing her time the way that, that she does mm-hmm. um, but we are a pretty tight group that's There's good. No, not a lot of like, um, dinner parties and, you know, like we're, mm-hmm. we hang hard at, yeah. at our house okay. and, uh, I mean, we go out and all that but like sure. we're a tight You're unit. A,
1: you are a, yeah, a very, unit. Very, unit.
2: We are yeah. very much a, a, a tight unit and that's how... Um, when I'm not here, I'm, I'm tackling everything else with them Sure, yeah And we have a very busy house with three kids, two dogs, two cats Oh my gosh, Whoa. we got a lot
1: of stuff going on there <laughs> Yep, we have a lot of stuff
2: And uh, it's sort of this w- wonderful cacophony of sound and, uh, <laughs> Yeah, and, that is and true And chaos of action and
0: Organized chaos, right? Yeah, and sometimes everybody
2: kind of loses it But it's it's good Yeah, Uh, very very fortunate.
0: What's your commute? How far? You don't have to tell us where you live, but do you live far from here? It's like
2: thirty minutes. Okay. Okay. On the dime every time. Oh, that's pretty good. That's nice. It doesn't awesome. which is (laughs) I think uh, some form of miracle. Yeah. Based on where I get on and off the highway, I don't. You don't have to worry too much about. Yeah. I don't hit the thick traffic. That's That's good. Yeah. 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 So it's enough time to where there's a a break where There's i some can decompression yeah, i switch off yeah um, right. yes. I'm, i'm like you know taking mm-hmm. off my work clothes and yep, my mind exactly mm-hmm. and i uh, go home and once i get in there i'm uh, i'm just dad you can switch to dad yeah. mode pretty that
1: is pretty perfect. easy I, I,
0: yeah i had a week where my son was going to a camp that was right next to my work and so i live in bowling but i work in oak lawn so it's about 40 minutes 35 40 minutes 30 during the pandemic when no one else was driving to work
1: (laughs) and then everybody got on the roads again Uh, and now it's it's like an hour
0: but uh because they started doing construction they took a break but uh there was a week where i was driving him to camp over the summer and he was with me on my commute to work and home from work and i did not realize how valuable that time was in my car.
2: That's you time. It yeah. is. Yes. I need
0: my my brain. And even like, I'm sure we all do this. Occasionally you'll call someone while you're driving home, you'll kind of catch up with them or whatever. You know, I, I'll call a couple of friends here and there once in a while, but there's always that day where I just want to sit and like let the radio play in the background or talk to myself, <laughs> which I do a lot of. <laughs> and uh, yeah, he was just there. And he would talk to me. And at some point, I would be like, Why does this kid talk so much? (laughs) What? Didn't you talk all day at camp? Can't you just sit quietly?
1: No, no, they're not. He's also eight. So, like, it's not, that's not possible. He's got a lot to
0: say. (laughs) Yeah.
1: But yeah, I agree. Like, my husband will call me sometimes when I'm on my way home from work. And then he'll be like, Okay, I'll let you go and have your time. Like, so that. we can both he doesn't get that he works like 10 minutes from home so like as soon as he gets home and he's a fireman so he like kind of really needs to get out of work mode right but he doesn't have that at all so like it's totally different i'm about 45 minutes to an hour from work so Mm. i get a pretty long commute but i definitely need at least some of that time to just not talk to anyone and just like decompress and like Switch over to mom mode and be like, all right, now I can go home. Right. You
0: got to let what happened at work get erased from your brain. Or at least, like, calm down. Yes, yes. Good day or bad. And then switch over. Yeah. It's a skill. Yeah. It is. It is is. a skill. And it takes at least... 20 minutes, in my opinion, 20 plus (laughs) minutes you need 10 minutes to decompress and then 10 minutes to get ready for the next
1: (laughs) for the next step. Yeah, I do think that is something that you you teach yourself, though. You're right. It's not something that like I just naturally figured out until I had kids and had that like, oh, my gosh, this is chaos. And then realized, oh, you need your time and space at some point throughout the day to be a good to be good at your job and to be a good parent to be good at those things you also need a little bit of you time it's why we stay up too late at night that's also true yeah
0: that's when the kids go to bed (laughs) and then you have that you know and you think to yourself well you know it's Eight I'll go to bed at 10, and an hour and a half goes by, and you're just like, it wasn't enough time. I need more time. She's going to
1: watch the next episode yeah. of All right, Yeah, right? All right. <laughs> She's mean, been harassing me for years to watch it, and we just got Apple TV, so now I have, like, a lot to catch up on. Uh, so yes, we're in that right now. It. I haven't seen
0: it. It is the most uplifting comforting wonderful show
1: it is very wholesome which is a vast (laughs) difference than so much on tv nowadays that it's like very surprising but refreshing i think that
0: like i have learned in my years of of like consuming media that i need (laughs) entertainment to take me away i don't want to watch a medical drama that incorporates the pandemic i don't want that i don't want to talk about that while i watch tv
2: that's fair i I agree i just want
0: to learn about soccer. <laughs> I don't know anything about soccer. This is great. You know? And it's uh. adorable. So that, it's just like, for me, that's what, you know, I like comedies, and I like, you know, I don't want to cry while I'm watching television.
1: Let's lighten I just... this up. Yeah. I, yeah. I can support, that. I can support <laughs> that. So you are a parent, there are a variety of parents in the brewing industry, but there's a whole lot of people that have decided just... Not to have children in this yet, industry or, or haven't yet yeah. It's a very, like, I feel like there's a line Like, here are all the people who choose not to have kids Or don't have kids And then here are the ones that have kids And it's a very interesting dynamic We always talk about Not necessarily in the podcast But with people, like Kids at breweries
0: Yeah
1: Like, I feel like it's a very it's contentious very controversial
0: topic to- Yeah. Among- craft beer drinkers. do you bring your children to beer
2: uh you're saying on the on the customer side on the right? customer yes. side yeah.
1: Not, yeah yeah not bring your kid to work day <laughs> but right
2: yeah i think um i think it's an important part of beer okay um i i think it should be um like a positive thing for uh you know parents to be able to Uh, enjoy beer, enjoy themselves while also having kids involved. Now there's an age factor, you know, if, if a child is two years old, you know, whether it's a brewery or a golf course, if, if they're on. losing it, they're losing it. Yeah. They, should, yeah. they should go home. Yeah, yeah. agreed. I parents I agree. need to be yeah. thoughtful about what it means to have children at breweries or anywhere else. Anywhere. Absolutely. Yes. Right. I agree. Um, but as I was saying earlier, I think that, that generational experience around beer is meaningful to, to me personally. Um, so, yeah, I, I think it should happen. I think. Um, that's not a, a boilerplate thing. Sure. There's sure. a lot of different breweries out there. Yes. there's a lot of different settings. Mm-hmm. And as a parent, you should be able to say, well, this brewery over here, this is a good one for us mm-hmm. as a family. Right. This one over here, hmm, not as much., yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, the environment, what, you know, whether it's just like the physical space, how big it is, yeah. is there an outdoor, whatever it
1: is, mm-hmm. like right. You can't just expect the world to bend around your family. Mm-hmm. Um, that's fair. Even restaurants are like that, too. There's well, sure, a handful yeah. of places I will not take my children. Right. Yeah, I'm not going to have them have, you know, four wine glasses to knock over if it's someplace that's not really kid-appropriate. But if you've got a whole stack of board games in the corner and there's picnic tables out front, I'm probably going to bring my kids. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> so. And you got to
2: know your kids, right? <laughs> well, yeah, you know, exactly. Like, are they going to be two daughters, right that like, They're ready to go. You yeah. Know, pretty Most of the breweries on the list, mm-hmm. they're going to be good. My son? Yeah. Two and a half—that's that's a hard age. Wild card, you yeah, know, absolutely. There, that is just a disaster waiting to happen. At even the most generous environment, sure. uh, he yeah. could he could make a scene that we all would regret. So <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, you have to be really thoughtful about it. But under the best circumstances, uh, beer and kids are great. You know, yeah. um, I mean, and yeah, it, it's it's a it's a tool, not a tool. It's it's something that parents. Uh, enjoy and blow, and it helps to blow off steam. For sure, and yeah. you shouldn't have to like abandon your kids in order to do that.
0: Yeah, I mean, for Lauren and I, this is something that there have been occasions where it's, you know, her husband, as a firefighter, will he be works gone twenty-four for hours, a, a so full day or even yeah. a full weekend at times. And my husband works weekends. Um, And so there are times where we're like, hey, you want to hang out? And maybe it's winter, and so, like, kids can't be outside or whatever. And we'll be like, why don't we meet at XYZ Brewery, have a beer or two. Microphone
1: had Santa one year. We're like, we're going to bring the kids to go see Santa. There was a
0: brewery that had Santa, yes. (laughs) I remember that. And cookies.
1: (laughs) And cookies. Cookies Cookies and Santa. That totally screams child-friendly. Yeah, that's an invite right there. Right? That's what we thought. We absolutely
0: went there. We we sat on the couch with the kids. They yes. played chess. A couple of them played chess together. They did play
1: chess. And yes. you know,
0: we sampled a couple things and moved on with our day. You know, we don't spend six hours. Yeah, there. we're not it's
1: monopolizing it hour, either. Yeah. But it gives
0: us a chance to spend some time together. Our kids get along well, so it's nice for them because they're socializing mm-hmm. as well. And you know, I think it's I think in in the right circumstances, like you said, it's a positive experience for everyone because it gives us a chance to be together and enjoy each other. You and know. in
2: that scenario you're responding to an obvious gesture on the brewery's part. Yes. Oh yeah. <laughs> that one bring, was. Yeah, yes. bring the kids out. <laughs> but you can I think you can take cues from the setting mm-hmm. uh, you know, at these breweries themselves that they really want kids, either because they're explicitly saying so, like sure. bring your kids or don't. Yeah. But you know, if there's games and things like they want you there with, with yeah, kids. if there's
1: like mario checkers in the corner that's not for me like right. yeah kid, no, i mean I it could really be but that. <laughs> that's for the little ones so. i would think that's for my child yeah absolutely uh, <laughs> absolutely if your children wanted to follow in your footsteps and go into the brewing business of some sort would you support that and what advice would you have for them
2: yeah that's a giant idea that <laughs> i you know our our kids are still young, True. 10, 8, and two, um, and I take career or just the way anyone spends their time very very seriously. That seriously enough, uh, and and know how much it's dominated my entire being that I would never want to like
1: assume for them that sure you're not going to push them to go in your footsteps.
2: Absolutely not. Yeah. Couldn't imagine. Agreed. Uh, and I'm glad that I had all of the. You know freedoms or or just the graceful way of landing in this myself Mm -hmm. now if they came to me and said dad this is we we want this Mm -hmm. um you know i think that would be there's a lot of romantic ideas that are (laughs) you know surrounding that and and Mm -hmm. following your parents footsteps and um you know maintaining some legacy or something um so i don't know i would have to think about it in in that moment um and there'd be so many implications there but i do think it raises some very interesting points about our industry that sort of still need to be resolved which Mm. is legacy and and how to how to how do breweries pass from yeah founders who have you know dedicated themselves to this to whatever's next and it's yeah. not graceful now you know it's yeah. not people uh there isn't a clear path for all that and so i don't know There's some good examples out there of kids that have, have taken over and mm-hmm. that
1: it's worked and but not a lot yeah there's no. a lot that wind up selling or doing other things yeah. i mean there's so many nowadays that maybe either they well there's so many that don't have kids to take them on too. That too yeah so they have to do something and then there, there's a, a wide variety across the spectrum for sure but yeah yeah we definitely don't we won't push our kids to do anything in particular i have zero idea the twins are eight i don't know what they're going to do with their lives (laughs) i know that they're going to be completely opposites because they are completely are. (laughs) completely opposite like my daughter is like super creative and is in like theater and all these things and my son is doing like expert 18 year old lego sets like building like he built a an engine for christmas like they could not be, their brains could not work any more different. So they're going to be in completely opposite areas, but no clue.
0: Yeah, I uh, I deal with that a little bit as well because my family owns a business. And so in order for us to carry on, my brother and I have conversations about you know because we got the business of my brother yeah they inherited the,
1: well not inherited was, but it was it's her my dad's business. Father's
0: business so we've already done that you're doing once. it yeah yep, we're doing they it are. and it is it's on <laughs> i mean like there are moments where i am like am i doing this is it you know and i can tell my dad gets a little oh you know yeah maybe that's good like is he still involved oh yeah okay my father is one of those people that will never retire um
1: yeah, he'll be 90 and showing up every day. Absolutely. Like, just Should to watch happen, over what they're doing. He'll be by
0: about every day. When you said, oh, you're here pretty much every day, in my head, I'm that way. Like, I would probably exist in our business for much longer than maybe is necessary <laughs> if my kids were going to kind of move into there. And I think about my kids and my brother's kids. My brother has three, and I have two. And we'll occasionally talk about, well, who's going to do this? You know, and we talk about their skill set, you know, like I have a son who's disorganized <laughs> and I worry about that because what we, we own a sign business. So we do like decals and screen printing and things like that. And sure. it's a lot of attention to detail. Is this right? Is this color right? Is the quantity right? All these little measuring things. And I kind of wonder, you know, is he going to be able to do that? Like, <laughs> and he's 11 So, you know, we don't need to decide today or tomorrow if he's going to do that. But I do think about that. You know, will they, what will happen if they don't? I have no idea.
2: (laughs) Well, I think think the option is really nice. You know, I I think historically going back, Mm -hmm. it was like some expectation like, you're doing this. Right. If you had a business one years
1: ago, it was like, well, this is the expectation. Yeah.
2: so. So. Prepare yourself.
0: Right.
2: Here this, we go. Here's, yeah. the, here's what the ladder looks like, and you're gonna be on it. Yes, um, yes. So I guess uh, ultimately, it's it's nice to feel like there's an option there,
3: mm-hmm.
2: and and maybe you know at the very least, like when they got old enough to, I don't know, work in the tap room or you know, like sure, I have a job. Yeah, like they there's they some like low stakes stuff that. Yeah. Uh, it would be great if they got cut their teeth. In just the sure. world of work true here yeah. you know yeah. where i was at least like able to keep a distant eye on them that
1: that's true for yeah, sure that yeah that was how it
0: was for my brother my brother was like that he worked like summers in high school and things like that, that yeah was his, i just turned up randomly one day i was that was never the plan for me actually <laughs> no actually but her
1: uh, plan was never to work at oh yeah her. i went
0: to law school but i uh i just decided that I wanted to work for my dad one day.
1: Well, I'm sure he appreciates it. He's
0: happy about it.
1: He is. Yes. <laughs> I, so. I I don't. I work for a large uh, industrial supply company. so least, uh, <laughs> it's Nuts thing. and bolts and screws. But it is actually a family-run company. So yeah. the chairman of the board is um, you know, his brother is the president and then his, the chairman of the board's son is one of the vice presidents and then his other son is another vice president and the current president's son is a director, so like it's still technically family-owned, but yeah. a very large company. So yeah.
2: not uncommon. I like like the beer distribution world is mm. very much like that. Really? Okay. A lot of family businesses. I could see that. Yeah. So many. A lot of um, you know succession planning mm. and you know just these big names in beer distribution. Okay. And it just passes down and down. Down from one. Yeah. yeah. Which yeah. To the other. I am like that's. Yeah. That's awesome if it, if it works and people are sincerely happy inside that system. Yes. That, if it works, yeah. If it works.
1: Yeah, I would never push my kids to do anything in particular, really. It's whatever makes them happy, too. If you're doing, we're all working, we work full-time, like, you're doing it every day. I don't want to, anyone to be miserable doing what they're doing because they were pushed to do it. So and that, Absolutely.
2: And that's beer, right? And a lot of people uh, most gravitated to craft beer because it was a, a passion for them sure. on some level and um i could only want that for our kids is mm-hmm. that you follow the thing that that gets you going yeah and, for sure and if, if you do that you're probably your your likelihood for happiness is is far greater so assuming that uh they're what gets them going is the same stuff that got me going <laughs> yeah it's a roll yeah. the dice right and Absolutely, time yeah. will uh, time will play know. this out yeah, yeah for sure I yeah I,
1: try, I try not to limit my kids out there yeah. sorry I uh but you uh, were I in the art world kids. right you went to art school before this
0: oh. I did yeah so what did you somebody give you a homebrew kit what's the uh <laughs> that's what that's like 90 percent of people we start always, when we talk about a brewery we always say <clears> like oh his dad gave him a homebrew kit or his (laughs) wife gave him a homebrew kit and then they founded a brewery like
2: (laughs) well uh mine really came about uh through the process of making glass pipes in colorado so i was a glass blower do you watch
1: blown away I have watched. <laughs> no way. Um,
2: not a lot of TV, but um, but I've seen it. And okay. I'm just curious. <laughs> yeah, so uh, out of high school, I went and studied like traditional glasswork, okay. and um, eventually found my way to Colorado, where I was working as a glassblower. And I used to there I learned how to work with borosilicate pyrex, and I was oh, okay. oh. and I was making. Pipes and bongs and <laughs> we're familiar. Uh, sure, yeah. Sure. And I used. It to, was Colorado, so right. I mean, yeah. it
1: makes sense.
2: <laughs> and that's where I got turned on to beer. So oh, also, right. uh, also makes sense. Colorado, yeah. yes. So, but what I would do is go uh, like trade pipes with Avery, some, some oh, folks over at Avery yeah. Brewing Company, <laughs> and going over there, um, you know, grabbing kegs from them and get and giving them pipes you know looking around i was like this is good you know these, these folks are they've created something yeah very special here yeah. everybody's it was this great little community of of makers and you know it was palpable yeah and it was through all that that i was like that uh, this setting would would work well for me i was always engaged in the bar arts uh <laughs> right uh, sure. you yep. know I, yeah, not 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 a stranger to the saloons. Uh, <laughs> so I sort of connected all the dots eventually. After coming back here, went to school, went to the art, the art institute here, mm-hmm. and eventually um, was living in Brooklyn. Came back and looked around the beer world. And I was like, I th- I think I could do this here. Mm-hmm. Um, well, and 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 I and I did. So it yeah. you know was a, a, a convoluted path. Um, How but, did you
1: meet Matt? Uh, Gallagher, not. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> um,
2: the so Matt. So Matt and I actually, we, we grew up right next to each other. And then we proceeded to move everywhere at the same time. So was he in New Jersey? He was in New Jersey. And then we both moved to Pennsylvania. Okay. And then we both moved to Colorado. And then we, right next to each other. Really? I, wow! And then we both moved to Chicago. Pretty much all the same years. There was like a year difference in a couple of those, uh, but we all lived the same. We lived the same place the entire time. But I didn't meet him until here.
1: That's so strange. Wow. What are yeah. the odds of that? Well, it was destiny then. Yeah, Clearly, it yeah. It must have been. Yeah.
2: So we had, you know, like <laughs> so much in common. So much in common. Yes. Yeah. And uh, he was um, coming out of the metallurgical engineering trade oh wow okay, and okay. he was like burnout on doing that or like uh, what just wasn't passionate sure sure uh-huh. yeah um so he signed on to this wow adventure cruise and is- uh <laughs> and and been on it ever since Very like cool. like a lot of other folks and, yeah uh, yeah
1: are there a lot of people still with you that were with you when you started
2: not since started okay yeah um I think maybe Matt Young might be our our oldest. Our oldest. Now. But okay. We have, you know,
1: more than. Well, you've person. been open for a while a in long time. in the Chicago beer craft beer world. You're one of the oldest that's been around. So. That's right. Yeah, yeah,
2: we are. So yeah, we have uh, you know a good handful of folks that have been with us for more than a decade. That's a long and time. A <laughs> bigger group that's been with us for more than five years. And, sure. Um, you know, the pandemic was rough. A lot of change during sure, all that. Sure, um, yeah. For both like you know practical things but i don't know a lot of people just like decided they want to live in arizona you know there's a lot of people that just
1: up and move
2: to places yeah which (laughs) i'm like i mean cool for them i mean more power too but this place was built that way like Mm -hmm. this is a giant leap so i'm all for people making leaps and you know if there's something out you've got like a just something an ache in the back of your brain that you should go and
1: Gotta at least try, you right? Gotta, you never you know gotta what's to go. happen. This if you will don't be try. here,
2: with, you know, not in half acre, but just like this. this there will be the something life that you know here. will will be there if you need to come back to it. You know,
1: that's awesome. I like it.
0: Yeah. So let's uh, talk about some random stuff.
1: Yeah, we'll you know? wrap it up and talk uh, about some.
0: Yeah. So, uh, when you have people that you hang out with, or you go to like a party, or you. People who drink like North American domestic, like mass-produced beers, that sort of thing. What do you, what do you offer to them? I made that joke earlier about having somebody drink like Miller High Life for a year, and then when you give them a daisy cutter, they're like, "Oh my gosh, this is amazing!" Because you know the perspective. <laughs> um, so what do you give to people that drink stuff like Miller Light or Coors Light to sort of, you know, introduce them?
2: Sure. Well, we're one of the few breweries uh, that we have year-round like dueling pilsners. So we have mm. Fader, uh-huh. which oh, is a lager yeah. beer. It's pilsner, okay. which is probably the closest thing to that landscape. huh. Um, and then we have Pony Pilsner, which is uh, more just more aggressive. You okay. Know, it's a it's a hoppier, like more German style mm. pils. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of those is definitely going to be the right answer here. Probably fader if yeah. we're looking to to meet the high life where it lives. Uh, the I middle
0: th- ground sort of, <laughs> yeah, if you will. Yeah, it's,
2: it's, it's going to be fader. Okay. Um, but pony is is
1: really, your it, it, ha- it has my heart. <laughs> yeah, uh, okay,
0: that's good. That's good. Half Acre has beers that fill that void. Yeah. Some, you know, like you said, not a lot of breweries have the long standing that kind of fits in that category
2: yeah yeah i mean it's gonna it's it's gonna shake up the the high life well uh, oh, that's the pro. goal yeah. is yeah. to right?
1: try and introduce obviously you know even if you do drink daisy cutter for the majority of the time i would probably still try and introduce someone to, to something new because right. why not right oh do
2: you want you're talking you want to you want to convert them mm-hmm. is this oh, a conversion yes. we're converting oh them. i thought just like you want to no no you no we don't want to make make them them match comfortable. we
1: want to we want to bring them in yeah we oh. want to do both though you know
0: you want them to be comfortable but you okay also so you give them a fader them what's in. next
1: right to, like well, i work them
3: over got it all
2: right a lasso <laughs> beer right we're trying to, like, yeah a good yeah, so yeah i would um i would definitely give them something that it's hoppy but on the far more on the aromatic end of hops versus bittering i think bitter mm-hmm. is where people are like nope I agree not doing it Uh, so but i think hops are very captivating to almost anyone if you can weed that out so something that whatever we had going on in 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 that moment Mm -hmm. that was sort of like late whirlpool or no nothing on the hot side just all dry hop something like that Uh that's what i would do because i think it's different enough or like, whoa, whole, whole different landscape. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's going to probably remove that bittering content, which I think is so what. will be
1: more palatable for someone who's used to a little milder of a beer. That's my guess. I like I it. I think that's good, yeah. All right. Maybe I'll try my husband on something like that. Uh, <laughs> I mean, you should try it. Yeah, don't give up.
2: Whiskey's good, too. I don't, I don't know. We, we drink a whiskey. lot of whiskey in our yeah. house.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> An excessive amount. Which is fine. I He's actually converted me to whiskey because I never used yeah. to drink whiskey. So now I okay. I drink that, but he, I still haven't gotten him over. So one-sided at this point. But that, it's okay. It's all right. You had music playing when we walked in. Is there like a standard music that you guys have playing, or is it a huge variety, or yeah, like Yeah, it is what? the
2: opposite of standard here. It <laughs> is, okay. uh, and I I sit down here most of the time. Okay. I work in this in this exact space mm-hmm. we're in right now. Okay. And it is so random <laughs> and so varied. Uh the Queen passed today. Yes. 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 There was a lot of uh, English punk. Oh, I could uh, totally, playing today, which was yeah. a wonderful tribute I Yes. Thought.
1: No, that's For Perfect.
0: Sure. I agree. Yeah.
2: That was great. Um but you could you could go from some obscure hardcore band from DC in the <laughs> 80s to <laughs> Sade and that's not an exaggeration. It's, <laughs> so it's, it's all of all those things. The all right, um, and I think, and it's always been that way. Oh, okay. It has always been that way. Oh. Um, yeah. I, I love that about this place. Who
1: controls
2: the radio? Is it the Andy? brewer?
0: The brewer. Okay. Is that the rule?
2: Um, well, there's different sound systems depending on where you are Darn in the brewery. The in. But in the brew house, it's going to be the the brewer that's that's actually doing making, any the work, work yep. right then and uh <laughs> sure they they've got the control right. so you're, you're on their wavelength it's for... like the
1: chef controls the the, the radio yeah i exactly. get it exactly
0: yeah cool so i'm gonna go back to beer for a second i think that's okay <laughs> um where's the name daisy cutter come from
2: <clears throat> daisy cutter um so when we first started making that beer um you know back then a lot of times you'd say uh, that beer's a hot bomb. Oh, yeah, right. That yep. was very yep, common. And it was also part of a bomber series that we were doing, bomber bottles, 22-ounce bottles that mm-hmm. used to, I mean, they almost don't exist anymore, yeah. but no. it's in the shape of, close to the shape of a bomb. Oh, um, so
1: the bomb, okay, I, I'm and, following, I'm following. And daisy
2: cutter is a type of a bomb that the U.S. Oh. makes. Yeah. Um, so... Kind of dark, but it was just like part of this whole bomber theme that we had. And, uh, yeah, so that's okay. the daisy cutter.
0: I did not know that. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I that's bet cool. you most people don't know that. Yeah. <laughs> You're right. Yeah, most don't know that. But I like it. I like it. Half Acre refers to where you grew up, right? It's yeah. That area. Close
2: to, yeah, right up the river, up the Delaware River from where I grew up. Um, On the Pennsylvania side, I grew up in the New Jersey side. Okay. Very... Uh, Picturesque part of uh, (laughs) people think of New Jersey and they they think the shore they think of the Sopranos (laughs) or whatever uh, the Turnpike and but yeah very pastoral where I where I grew up and um, so yeah Devil's Half Acre is just north of there and sort of for me it was just like we all have these places where you go to and sort of you know bleed off the pressure in your brain yeah and that was one for me just like cruising up the river and being a kid and uh it was definitely a you know de- a, a decompressing sensation and i think beer is that in a lot of ways it's like your own little uh bit of of quiet inside it's of it's
1: like a distraction from whatever else you have going on sometimes yeah pressure release yeah. yeah for sure definitely for sure so
0: so uh if you could drink a beer with any person Dead or alive, historical, fictional, who would it be?
2: Maybe the Queen of England. Oh, Oh, no. That's an
0: appropriate answer, I think, for today. But what would you drink? Yeah, what would you drink?
2: (laughs) Man, I wish we'd have, like, a a great British beer. Like an ESB or something like that? I was just talking, actually, before you guys got here, I was talking to some of the taproom staff about Firkins, um, oh, a, yeah.
1: A cask ale. There used to be a firkin' fest in Milwaukee every year. There you go. We used to do firkin', yeah. firkin Fridays. Okay. So All I right. would I would
2: prepare weeks in advance. I would get a firkin'. We would do a traditional cask process mm-hmm. on that firkin' and bring it to the castle and <laughs> put it on the bar. I love tap it. Tap it right there, and the, the queen and I would uh, enjoy some... Okay. Some
1: Cascale. <laughs> that's uh, I think pretty that's fantastic. Really good. Yeah. Excellent answer. That's really
0: good. <laughs> well, you know, thanks for joining us today. Yeah. Uh, you know, sharing your story and your parenting experience and beer. Can't complain about that. That's perfect. Um, anything else you want to share with us? Otherwise, any you know, new
1: plans? Anything yeah, exciting any new coming exciting around things? before you wanna, we
0: wrap it up? You want to tell us about?
2: Um. Well, it's been great. Uh, uh, thank you for for coming out yeah, here thank and you. for um, you know taking parenting into the beer sphere. I think that's an important. It's a wonderful thing. Uh, thank you. It's, they're often not connected, and and that's kind of that's kind of why I jumped on board. So yeah. it's, it's good to have it's good to have that represented. And awesome. um, yeah, I think for us, like uh, just just being ourselves, and and but also being pretty aggressive about defining some new new thing down the road and and like oh just being aggressive generally i think it's it's easy to especially over these last years where you can sort of um i don't know maybe get complacent or Mm. um it's just been a weird time these last years but i i am looking forward to you know big moves and and doing good stuff that helps to redefine the industry that because i think it's necessary and Mm -hmm. um change is part of the sort of the vocabulary in beer and so i'm i'm, I'm looking to put shape to that
1: that's awesome great. yeah you can't be stagnant in anything right you gotta that's continue right. to try and evolve so that's awesome we look yeah. forward to seeing what new comes from half acre so thanks, this was thanks great. for having me yeah, thank you so much again. we appreciate it thanks everyone for listening to the latest musings from parenting by the pint
0: Be sure to find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And make sure that you rate, review, and subscribe to us wherever you find your podcasts. Have a
1: great week and cheers to you all.